0: All right. I'm excited, guys. It's going to be great. I, uh, I'm i I'm a twin brother. So to, to, to have two brothers here, it's exciting. There's there's some dynamic going on here. Uh, Gus and uh, Finn Johnson, uh, Logap. Guys, what's going on? How are you? Thanks for coming to hang.
1: Uh, I'm doing good, Kyle. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to talk about uh, your guys' story and, and how you came to be. You guys are both very young. Uh, Gus, you're 19, right? Finn, you're 17. Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Finn, one more year and you're uh, you're legal. So uh, get all your trouble out now. You might as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I still go to juvie now, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. That's a good
2: point. That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well maybe don't do that maybe
2: uh maybe keep it uh <laughs> keep
0: it calm and uh, and uh don't go ahead and do that but why don't we get started by just kind of uh giving uh, everyone the uh, spark notes version before uh F- Fim, before you jumped in we were talking about how smart you were but we were also talking about how gus is in college and how and how you're still in high school and you're gonna get your degree and um, but I like to say the C's get degrees and the only thing that got me through college was spark notes. So why don't you give you guys the spark note version of yourself and how you guys got to where you were and, um, kind of doing music together.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the first thing I'd say is now we've got this thing called Chegg. I don't know if you've heard of
0: it yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but that, I think that's probably better than uh, spark notes. I don't know. Okay. It. Fair enough. Uh, because if I did use it, I would probably get expelled.
2: (laughs) Yeah. What what is Sparknotes? Oh, okay. All right. So
0: here's, maybe Spark Notes isn't a thing. I'm 25, so I don't know. I remember Sparknotes.
1: I remember that from high school.
0: Okay. So Sparknotes. Now, I, if I'm telling you this right now, and like someone in your family's listening, like, I don't mean to corrupt you in any way, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So Sparknotes (laughs) is this thing where, if you have like a book to read in class, this is horrible. I can't believe I'm giving you this advice. Uh, you would type the, you could search the book up and it's supposed to be meant as like a, a study tool, right? Like they have like like the breakdown of the book and they talk about different characters and what they mean, right? But a big part of the, the website was that oftentimes they would break down each chapter, each section of the book and basically tell you what it was about. So you could read yeah. the whole thing and not actually have to read the book. Which yeah, is, I remember that I'm not saying do that I mean I did it but I'm not saying do that I'm just saying it, it, it was a lot quicker for, to get from A to B and B to Z than having to read the whole book so there's that
1: yeah I, I I remember using that in my freshman year English class I don't remember what book it was but I was like this is awful,
0: like, uh, this I, is so awful. it was only if the books are bad. That's the only time. Yeah,
1: I yeah. i I actually really enjoy reading. I've now switched to audiobooks because my attention span is like this big. I'm
0: I'm also trying to do that as well. I'm trying to, to expand the brain and the audio is better because I I can't Yeah, no,
1: room. I agree. Cause you can just like take a walk or drive or whatever, throw that stuff on and just it's awesome. I've and I've so, read so many books in the last year. Like I never read through high school ever. There you so, go.
0: Brain's bigger. I I love it. I I think Finn's like, I don't think so. I
2: don't think you're Finn over here. (laughs) Finn
1: Finn got like an entire, what's the poetry book that you got for Christmas, Finn?
2: Wow. The, the, the Dylan Dylan Thomas Thomas. guy, you know who Guy Clark is, Kyle? Of course. Well, Guy Clark, he'll talks all about Dylan. Like you can go and find these old awesome YouTube interviews with Guy Clark and you'll, talk about his process and he'll say stuff like uh he would write a song with towns van zandt he would think it was this genius song great song and then they would go together and read some some dylan thomas and then they'd be blown away They'd be like our stuff cannot compare to dylan thomas (laughs) yeah so i i I can't even like understand half the stuff in there i'm just like kind of reading and nodding my head and being like okay sure but just pretending like you know, it. it's like that. Yeah, simple, Finn, pretty much. I, I
0: know, so I know some of these words. Yeah, <laughs> I recognize some of these words. It do seem like the
1: what I was gonna say. Finn, Finn, like he reads like literary stuff. Like, Finn, wow. Finn was the one that got me hooked on like the great Gatsby, and cool. he, he he introduced me to Hunter S. Thompson and like all sorts of stuff that no one would ever think about reading on their own unless they just had the. I don't know the intelligence of a of <laughs> Einstein over here.
2: Okay, so uh, Kyle, you're you say you're starting to read. Are you listening to like self-help books, what like old literary classics or Look
0: at you go. So I um I do a little bit a little bit of like the self-help stuff, like the like the the, the first book I read that was a self-help book was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck and like the team <laughs> mindset. Wait, what's <laughs> that guy's name? I've Martin. seen that one, I
1: haven't read it yet.
0: Yeah, I forget I forget what the what the office name is. Um, oh yeah, but it's a good book, good book. Oh, yeah. And there's and there's like a couple more. Like there's one where it's like the the art of grit, and it's all about like hard work and and perseverance through passions and things like that. But then I also really like um, and those are nice easy reads because you can kind of pick them up, put them down. Their pages aren't that big. Yeah. There's not a lot of words on the page. They're they're easy reads, right? But then the uh, the other thing that I've been getting into that I've been listening to are like biographies or autobiographies i like those and it's usually about like musicians that i like like i read bruce springsteen's and um i'm i have george jones's i want to read that i'm going Ooh. through craig morgan's right now that's a really interesting story oh, okay um there's, so there's, there's a few different ones that i'm i actually read green lights mcconaughey's green lights and yes. that was great. oh
1: i was i was just about to say you need to read green lights that did you book get the is- audiobook
0: of green lights Oh, yeah, it's so good. It's in the Dude. book. If you go through the whole thing, it's six hours. And why yeah. wouldn't you choose to listen to six hours of Matthew McConaughey oh. reading
1: to you? <laughs> Dude, his voice is just like, oh, man. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Like, why wouldn't I do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, no. but it's phenomenal. The That's another one. Like.
1: About Australia in that book. Yeah. Where he- that's it's like, not, the mo- how did that happen? That's the most fascinating. Oh my, it's oh
0: my it's God. so good. So like, that's the kind of stuff I do. I'm not like the 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 literary guy. Yeah. I'm clearly not as smart as you there, man. But because no, I, I, I would look at it and be like, I know some of these words and I'd probably be like, this is just, this is too much for me. I no, something. I have to
1: say, if you like self-help books, there's a book I read this summer. There's two of them. One's kind of, they're very, very similar, but they're like one in the same. The first one's called The Like Switch. It oh. was written by... I I believe it was like an FBI interrogator. Wow. And so like his entire job was to get stuff out of people. And so like he wrote two books. One of them was called The Like Switch and it was about just being likable. And then the other one is more about it's called The Truth Detector. And it's about like understanding when someone's telling the truth and when they're lying and how to get the truth. Out of them and that book's good too, but the like switch is better. And then the other one's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale
2: That's
0: Carnegie. cool. That sounds like right in my head. That mind. one's like old. But that's, that's like the
2: first self-help book that like Yeah, it's, it's like, like the, Yeah, the Bible. Yeah. The, wow.
0: the Bible of self-help books. I love it. <laughs> the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the old testament of self-help books. <laughs> I yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's uh that's fantastic, guys. I I um so so let me let me ask you. So so is is reading and and literature a big part of your your songwriting uh growth and and how you got yeah. into all that like did one of you start first i know gus you wrote your first song when you're like 13 right so i mean yes. kind of, yeah 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 um so like is, is that a big part of your guys's process and, and how you write songs
1: definitely i think so it's finn and i work we both work differently as songwriters i'm sure finn can explain his process after i do but um You know what the way I work, when I read a book or I I don't really necessarily take inspiration from things as much as Finn does. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I do. Like I wrote a song about 1984 one time, which is a great book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was it's kind of a cheesy song, but I don't know. It it was just something I was trying. Um, But I really use use it to expand my lexicon. I like to widen my (laughs) vocabulary. The most.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's that's well, that's what it means is using big words is lexicon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that
2: that, yeah,
0: that, that
1: sure. was a big word. Yeah, yeah. When I and, and other things like metaphors, I mean if you read an old book, you can find some metaphors that are just hilarious. Yeah. And you can like flip them in a song, and someone will think that you came up with it. It's just like, no, nah, no one's used that word since 1925, or you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, definitely. I, I use it more as like a literary tool to just cool. expand my toolbox.
0: Awesome. But, I think that's really cool. I, uh, I, I, I stumbled. Across. So, so like I said, I, I talk to songwriters all the time. I, there's a ton of different processes. Some, some guys like books. Some just like listening to other music. Some that from just life experiences, some like movies and uh, the first person that ever told me they read and that's how they, um, get inspired to write songs. That was the first time ever. So anyone ever said that to me and I was like, Oh man, like I didn't even think about that. You gotta I mean, it's, it's, that's why they say books make you smarter because you read words and that obviously, you know, expands your vocabulary and, and, you know, makes you a little bit more fine tuned, but I think that whole process is super cool.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Finn, I think, he every time Finn pitches a song to me, it seems like he's always like, "Yeah." So I was reading this book and I saw this line and I wrote a song. And I'm like, "Dude, like, <laughs> okay, no, I'm over here playing chess and you're playing checkers." Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, wait, except no. that I
1: I, I never play checkers. Game. You're playing
2: chess. Other <laughs> Say way it around.
0: Again. Say it again.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Gus Gus is playing checkers, but at least he finishes his game. Like, uh, <laughs> that's that's a problem. I'll get to like. Like three verses, and I'll be like, "Well, either either the song is going way too long, it's going way too short. There's all sorts of problems. The idea is always great. It's just following through and ending the song. Like I came, I was coming up with this song from this like monologue I found in an old movie. Like do you, the main you, one. What? Yeah, from i uh, I'm not into sci-fi. Me- I, I'm not into sci-fi movies, but there's a really good dialogue at the end of Blade Runner, the uh, wow. Harrison Ford movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 like about it's about like sentient or it's about like AI, essentially. And I wrote it. I wrote a song kind of with that idea of tears and rain, the idea that, like, if you don't have any family or friends when you die, all the memories and all the experiences you've had in life, they fade away like tears and rain. That's what the whole dialogue's about. Yeah. And Uh I I couldn't really find something like. In the movie, it's about, like, a robot being. This this is so silly, me actually saying it. And you can't put that in a song, because who's going to relate to that? Well, no, actually,
1: I'm going to argue this song. Like, what he has right now is actually pretty solid. It just needs a little work. I've never written a song. That's a lie. There has been one or two times, maybe, where I've written a song, and I've just put it down and been like, okay,
3: yeah,
1: we're done. Like, that that never happens. Like, you, you have to go back and edit it
3: sure sure
1: but this, I, I, this song we wrote is definitely in our like box of 20 songs that we're like consistently just fiddling around
2: working
0: with. on yeah well maybe you'll actually finish that one you'll finish the game of uh, of chess
2: Maybe this podcast will inspire me too. Maybe I'll Listen,
0: <laughs> and if that's the case, if that's the case, let me add a little line in there and then put me on the writer's credits. I want to be out
2: just, just once. <laughs> on the credits, I, yeah. I, I,
0: always, I always joke around. I'm like, I'll, I'll never be able to write a song. It's just not how my brain works. I just don't think it would ever happen. But what I want to happen is I want to be in the room and just throw a suggestion out there and then someone just go, yeah, we'll throw your name on there. Just, just one. <laughs> I just want to have... Like when you you know when you go to like Spotify or Apple Music and you look at the at, at everyone who produced it and wrote it, I just want my name to be at the bottom there. I don't even have to be at the top. I just want to be at the bottom, the very bottom. I just want my name to sit right there <laughs>
2: yeah, on the Spotify. That's it. Yes. That's all I want. That's all I want. Pull, I, pull up a song that we're working on right now. And yeah. then let's like revise like right now. Let's revise oh, something and add can we, Kyle. Can we Have him make a lyric. <laughs> have him make a lyric. Put it in a song. <laughs> what, what's let me find one? Let me there is something me, that
0: here. this is something that's never been done on this podcast before. This is oh, great.
1: Okay. I love this. I'm ready.
2: I'm ready.
1: Why don't you just pull up tears and rain? You're um,
2: talking about it. Oh yeah, I guess. Well, here's the problem. I almost, like, want to redo – I could almost make two songs out of it because there's, like, two different ideas. Okay, so let me – I got to get into my notes on my phone. I don't know how, what Gus does, but I've been writing on my phone using notepad, which yeah, – I, I think that's very good. common. Yeah, yeah what like
0: Gus is doing. I think that's a very common <laughs> thing these days. It's
2: it's It's like –
0: Trust me. I have that same thing, but it's all my passwords for all my accounts. <laughs>
2: you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that on air. Yeah. I'm going to hack into Kyle's phone. I bet
0: you will. I bet you will. My no- my notes app is screwed. That's what it is. That's what it is. I love it. I love it. It's so fantastic. But um, I, I think it's just super cool. I think you know the way you guys are going about your songwriting is awesome. I really do. I think that's, that,
3: that's cool. I, I and, wish
1: – I mean, it's, we, Finn and I have a weird process. Like we just, we spend, I don't know. I feel like both of our brains work in like a a fast pace. And so stuff gets left unfinished for a while. And then it comes back out and we just throw crap at the walls. A lot of times, Like, like, you guys
0: are, you guys are so busy though. You know what I mean? Like you're both doing other things. It's the other thing. Like you have to, you have to recognize like when the people that are listening right now, when you like, Talk about these. Like, you guys are both incredible. You talk very maturely for your ages. I promise you. At 19, I wasn't acting (laughs) like you guys. At 17, I sure as hell wasn't acting like (laughs) you. I'll tell you that. Finn
1: Finn, Finn has always been, like, four years more mature than me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm an old man. (laughs) <laughs> well it's okay, there's nothing wrong with it. I am too. It just took me a few years later. but I, yeah. I, I think that like that like it's it's incredibly uh, important to recognize that like you're both students, you both have lives, you both do all these other things you have to do and then on top of doing your songwriting and working together in different cities, that's another big thing that you got to think about and' yeah, that makes know, it
1: really tough actually
0: <laughs> yeah has that has that been harder how, how has that been?
1: Well, I mean the biggest conflict we have with that is content you know sure it's hard to get content out and you know we we actually i would like to think do a fairly good job Mm -hmm. of getting stuff out on our socials you know we when i'm home or when he's here we will spend a few hours doing videos or whatever nice uh, practicing but i mean it's hard because it's like we need to practice we need to write together we need to get content and it's like how do you spend that 48 hours that we might have together every two weeks or whatever and even even then like most of the time when we see each other it's we got a band practice or we got a show and it's like it's it's actually a rarity when it's just me and him sitting down throwing stuff at each other sure so it's it's it it makes it tough but yeah. we, we we found ways to make it work um so how many how many years have
0: you guys been together doing music together 2021 right
1: yeah yes 2021 right because covid is when it really started when we were just at home like okay well what are we gonna do well finn um you're gonna learn the mandolin (laughs) and i'm gonna i'm gonna play guitar and we're gonna play together and and write (laughs) songs right it it ended up working so
0: so so was was there um like who brought the idea first like was there was it literally just because that makes sense. I started this during COVID. I had nothing to do. I was bored. I was going crazy, yeah. pulling my hair out. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, what do I do with life? So is that what it really was? Like you really had, you're just looking for something to do and expressing yourselves. And I'm obviously you guys have both loved music for a long time. And I know, I know you have a big bluegrass root and Southern rock thing. Um, mm-hmm. so was that really what it was where you guys just like, man, like we like the same stuff. Why don't we just, and we're talented. Why don't we just do it together?
1: It well, it kind of. I mean, I think it originally going way back to before we were ever doing music like professionally or playing out, I, w- sure. I would learn guitar. And Finn, being the younger brother who was, I think he was just like, I, I need to be better than him at the guitar. And so, you know, I, I had like a four year head start and I was better. And then, like, slowly one day I walked downstairs and Finn's playing some riff, and I'm like, wow okay you're better than me now <laughs> it just sort of happened and then he he picked up the mandolin because my dad and i and my mom when i was like 11 or something i like guess my first concert ever we went and saw robert earl keen in kentucky that's sweet and uh, yeah great concert and uh the band opening for him was called the roosevelts and they were these two young dudes are no longer together but their music's really phenomenal yeah. um if they would have blown up when social media was popular, I think they would have been really big. But the one guy left and went to medical school, actually. Wow. Smart guys. And um, it was just a guy with a guitar and a mandolin. And they had a full band that played with him for some shows. But for this, it was just mandolin guitar. And Dad's like, Finn, you know, you we no one wants to see two guitarists on stage together. So you need to learn the mandolin. And he did, yeah. and he got really, really good at it. And so really... No, is the is the
0: mandolin like? Because, so here here's the thing, right? I tried to play the guitar multiple times, never worked out, right? I I can't sing. I tried multiple times. <laughs> At one point, I really wanted to play the banjo, but I was like, I can't, I can't just like buy a banjo if I don't even know how to play the guitar. Like, it's just not gonna work. But I was like, and I've always, always, always wanted to play uh, the steel guitar. Like, that's all I ever want to do is be able to afford one of those and buy one and. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get there cause they're pretty expensive, but, um, but the mandolin is something that I think is really cool too, but it, it, would you consider that harder or does it come easier because you
2: are good at guitar? You know, I don't know. That's a good question because when I did start learning it, I had already been playing guitar. I think sure. it does come easier, but I mastered the mandolin so much faster. I, I'm not even mastered the guitar yet, but the mandolin, I would say like. I'm pretty good. Like I could be a professional mandolin player. Not really. I couldn't say the same for guitar. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Finn is... could
1: probably hop in any studio in Nashville right now and impress people with. That's amazing. Mandolins.
2: That's amazing. But that's, I do think mandolin's more simple. But I, I think, are, yeah. what, what's like your hand size? Like give us, give us a nice flash. I not like
0: a, a, a normal tooth. I don't have a large hand. I probably have a yeah. very average size hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I think I just got long fingers. I don't think I have a big hand. I think my fingers still a little I think bit yeah. The
2: fingers are, are really what matters because if you yeah. have small fingers, the mandolin's totally the way to go because Okay. it's barely it's like a toothpick. It's like you're you're grabbing a <laughs> toothpick compared to a guitar which you're literally grabbing you're literally grabbing something that has it's a piece of wood and you're trying to wrap your entire hand around it. And That's guys true. like, you know, the the old blues guys like Eric Clapton and G- and like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn, Texas guy, right there. You notice oh, yeah. uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn was five foot six. You small, short guy. His small hands are small. The- small guy. Yeah. <laughs> He had the hands the size of like a professional basketball player. Yeah, he goes up oh, there yeah. and looks like Frankenstein, and that's how he can just do everything on there. Well, I remember the,
0: the one thing with Stevie Ray Vaughan that was so great, right? Is he would he would have his hand on the neck, and yeah. his thumb would totally wrap around the top of the neck. Yeah, he didn't have he didn't actually have to touch the top uh the top strings if he was making a chord. He could just use his thumb. Mm-hmm. And then, and, it, it like it made it so much easier. You can go up and down the neck so much easier, and that's why
1: you've got five fingers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean a mandolin like this is one of those skinny remotes. Like this is yeah. like yeah, out the size of the largest part of a mandolin neck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then a and then a phone is probably perfect for a, a big guitar would be kind of your phone. Maybe yeah, than small that,
1: phone. But, that's
2: but yeah, yeah, mandolin is so much. There's eight strings, but there's only four different notes that you play because each. Each, each there's pairs of strings and that's how it gets that really full sound and so yeah you know what kyle you should learn the mandolin i think i, think, I should right i think you would do well i, by, listen. Uh, I hope yeah i think i mean okay robert
1: rokeen last time i saw him would have been like three years ago before he quit touring his he didn't have electric guitar on his last tours his wow. mandolin player had what's called a mandacaster and it's, it yeah. looks like an electric guitar. It doesn't have eight strings. It's only got four and he just played it like electric and it sounded like electric. It was phenomenal. And Finn has a similar thing to that. It's yeah. got eight strings, but like there's, there are electric mandolins. You can throw a pedal board on it. Like they're a surprisingly versatile instrument. And it adds some flavor that like, I, I would say the only comparable instrument would be the banjo it's right. a sound that you can't recreate i mean exactly. even with steel guitar like if you have a nice b bender and sure. a slide there are yeah, guys plastic and a stick a on pedal. your finger good to go yeah like or maybe a wah pedal or whatever i yeah. i've heard people who have made an electric guitar sound just like steel now that's sure. like extraordinarily hard to do and not anyone can do that but you know you can kind of fake it till you make it with yeah. some of that to an extent to now do you
0: think experience. that that if you're a mandolin player and like, that's all, you know, do you think it translates over to the guitar or would you, or no, do you think it'd be harder to play the guitar
2: because it'd of the be fact harder, that there's only
0: four notes, right? So.
2: Yeah. It'd be harder to go from the mandolin to the guitar than from the guitar to the mandolin. And that's not just because it has more strings. It also has to do with the fact that in guitar, a lot of the sound comes from bending, bending the right. strings, like that blues. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: And you don't do that on mandolin. because So maybe I would be good at the mandolin. Yeah. yeah yeah and dude, and chords, like did you ever try
0: bar chords uh yeah yeah i was actually pretty good so here's my problem this is my only thing i was actually pretty good at chords right like i like i didn't yeah. struggle with the chord part uh the part i struggle with was like and i guess this is probably would be difficult on the mandolin but um like my strumming while doing it all at the same time is where i struggled but that's exactly yeah, that's what that's, that's, yeah. that's I the the on the mandolin right
2: that is That's the thing. It's all in the right hand on the mandolin. It's all right. in the way you you move that pick. So, so
1: that'll it, be it a is. problem. That it, a like that with that instrument. I, I saw a guy on Instagram the other day, I can't remember who it was, but he was explaining how like this is like a really great guitarist. He's like, when I look at a great guitar player, everyone wants to look at the left hand. Yeah. You need to
2: look little- Right. Oh, it was Joe Walsh. I've seen that.
1: Yeah, it was Joe Walsh. Thank you. Yes, but you're with right. The yeah. Eagles, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that He was talking about how you got to watch that. You got to watch that picking hand.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Joe Walsh is a uh, he's a crazy dude still. Still. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Really?
2: How old is he?
0: Yeah. So he's he's like in his late 70s. And and so I'm from New Jersey. And Joe Walsh is from New Jersey. He grew up like probably 20. You don't sound
1: like there. you're from New Jersey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you well, said he grew up. <laughs> so he grew up like 20 minutes away. Yeah so okay um so i i love the eagles that's kind of what i grew up on and and I, i've seen the eagles a few times and the last time i saw the eagles was in new jersey and Ooh. uh and joe walsh gets up there with like his his like pretty aggressive italian accent type deal he's like oh, hey, yeah. hey it's joe walsh and i'm like oh god this guy is oh geez and he's getting up there and he's yelling he's so great and he's like you know i just went to my uh 35th or 40th uh, high school reunion and i walked in everyone went joey and he's just like literally having a conversation with himself <laughs> on the stage in a sold out okay. arena and i mean he's so good like he's absolutely insane he's and he still plays really great and he's 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 so good but he's a nut he's a nut he, he probably oh, yeah. did so many drugs oh, but yeah. he's a nut um yeah but, he's um, yeah. yeah he's cool he's cool yeah he's a jersey guy.
1: Eagles fan. oh my gosh have you have you heard the wilder blue yet yeah Dude, yeah. okay. Do their harmonies not sound like the Eagles? Am does, I out of my yeah. mind? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that too.
0: Especially on that new album. Did you listen to that new album? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's so good. I, the, the, the okay, not the newest one, but the last one, "Wave Dancer." That song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a good harmony. Lead on that.
2: I mean, it's just what like but that, you... i feel like that's
0: why like that's why the eagles were good right because you had glenn fry who oh, sung lead yeah. on some songs joe sung lead on some songs and then um uh of course don henley plays the drums and sings on some songs so it's like well, that's, that's...
1: that's like that's like why the bands were good they yeah. leave a helmet behind they're doing some of their best stuff yeah. you know yeah.
0: the last waltz is like one of the greatest specials of all time oh. i mean like if you oh that's just that's <sighs> insane so is that, is that kind of the stuff that you guys were, were, were brought up on, stuff like that? Like, is that, was that, was yeah, that a lot of your influence? Yeah, I like, mean, where did that all come
1: from? I guess it's different for me and Finn because Finn expanded much more than I ever did. But I remember my dad, he, he grew up in Lexington or didn't, grow. I'm sorry. He grew up he in He went Iowa, to college in went Lexington. Went to college at Lexington. We were born in Lexington. He got really big into all country, you know, cross Canadian ragweed. Robert O'Keefe's favorite artist ever. Lyle Lovett. Nice. All those guys. Um, and, and the Kentucky scene was, it wasn't as big as it is now, but back then, I mean, they still had Chris Knight, Montgomery Gentry was actually really big in Lexington. So John Michael Montgomery as well, the other brother. So that was all a big deal in Lexington. And so he was exposed to that. And even guys that you've probably never heard of, like Larry Redman, you know, like some phenomenal Kentucky guys. Uh, and so he just, he played that stuff. All the time like we i grew up listening to turnpike and todd snyder and uh robert Earl king and chris ledue which in ohio that's kind of unheard of you know yeah. and and eventually like he found the guys like he found tyler Childers when purgatory came out he found awesome. he, he found all sorts of stuff and and then finn and i as we got older we started finding it like we found yeah. I, I like to be – I know everyone says it. I know everybody says it, but I am actually honest when I say this. I found Zach Bryan, like I want to say right after Elizabeth, his second album, maybe right before. but like, like
0: 2017?
1: Yeah, nice. like I, I was young. I was like
0: – I watched him on YouTube in college during that time.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. You, you took the cake right there, Kyle. <laughs> 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 but, yeah,
0: but that, but that's what I did. Like seriously, like I and, and yeah, I'm with you. Like I think it's great that you guys do that. I think that 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 like is, that's really cool, especially from two young guys. That, like, to be where'd you to, go to college? I went to uh, the University of Hartford in Connecticut. So I'm a, I'm an outlier. Oh. Like I am a wow. outlier.
2: And so, so your your buddies didn't listen to that music then.
0: No, 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 no. I was I was kind of on so this is how the story how, goes. How did right?
2: you like, get into that stuff? Hey, <laughs> he
0: said he was gonna tell the story. I wanna so, I wanna hear this. So this, this is how the story goes, right? So uh when I was growing up, I grew up I grew up here in New Jersey and when I was growing up I listened to a lot of the classic rock, the Eagles, Bob Seger, the band, all those guys, CCR, all those guys, right? That's, that's what my dad grew up. That's what my dad listened to. That's what I listened to. It's just by association. Yeah. And then as you get older, as you guys probably know, like you get influence from your buddies and what they like to listen to. And so you kind of get a little jaded in what you decide. And, um, you know, towards, I'd say when I got into high school, like 14, 15 ish, um, I just kind of just, And I actually remember this. I remember saying, and it's funny, I actually have this written down in your guys' Instagram bio, you guys have music you can show your friends who hate country music, right? Yes. And, (laughs) And when I was about 14, I remember there was this time I was hanging out with this guy I was friends with, this kid I was friends with, and his sister loved country music, loved it. And I remember looking at her and being like, country music sucks, right? And then like a year later, I don't know what happened. Something happened where I was like, where I like wasn't really listening to all the music my friends were listening to. And, and so I like started listening to some. Modern radio country music. And I was like, Oh, this is like, not bad. Like this, this has some good lyrics in it. And like, the voices are good. Uh, and then I just kind of started backtracking and it became an obsession really fast. So now like some of my heroes are some of those guys that you mentioned, right? Like I love Chris Knight and I love, I love songers. Mm-hmm. I love Keith Gaddis. Like I love, guys oh
1: dang dude okay you know what
0: i mean so like i love all those guys um (laughs) and uh so so that's my thing right and i know i'm like a little weird and and when i went to college it became like a little bit more weird because i was in a i went to college in a city and i you know would just kind of do my thing and i'd listen to sad country music and my friends started listening to it a little bit too which is let's go And, (laughs) and and it's always it's always really cool when you're like hey like check out this artist that they don't know, especially if it's someone who's smaller and you can watch them grow. So, yeah. So yeah. like, you know, I, I listened to purgatory around the time it came out and, you know, I was like, Oh, this sounds pretty cool. And, you know, then Zach started doing his thing in 2017 and I was like, Oh, this kid, this guy's cool too. Um, So it just kind of fizzled out from there. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just obsessed with it all. I think it's all great. And um, you know, so, so. It's just fantastic. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but that's that's how it, it I, is. Great. Now I'm a cowboy wearing uh, New Jersey guy. So cowboy boots. <laughs> I'm not even kidding yeah. either. I'm pretty obsessed. But
1: uh, that's you know, awesome. Um, be who
0: you are. I think that's important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. So you said you like Keith Gaddis. Um,
0: yeah, I love Keith Gaddis, man.
1: I mean, rest in peace, dude. He yeah, was phenomenal. But yeah. Finn and I. This is this is a crazy story. I got I got to tell you it since you're a Keith Gaddis fan because that is kind of like. You got to be in the know to know. Yeah, I feel
2: like you know know what Gus is about to say. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I do, but I do. Oh, we haven't talked about this publicly. I guess that's true. Only at our shows. Um, (laughs) We got invited
1: by, it's it's a long story. We got an email from, they're like a multi-tiered company, they've got, uh, management and publishing and and I think they've got like a new record label startup now cool. and penny Gaddis runs it yeah um so at the time I got an email from Penny Gaddis uh and she's like hey we would love you guys to come down meet with us and write some songs with our writers you know cool. they, they, this is the Nashville way they right. invite you to go do something and you think you're gonna get signed and then you write a song and they're like cool yeah. let us know when you out and then you let them know and they come out and they watch your show and they they never do anything but they keep you on the back burner right and so like i i, I can name like 10 people that have, you know had a phone call or it's like a long had game a, buddy it's a
0: long like, game yeah
1: it's it's this very very nice sort of hey we're gonna help you out but like you, you can't get any big ideas I, I, the first time we ever got called into one of these meetings i'm like we're getting signed and it was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're gonna do a co-write, and then we're gonna say, have a nice day. <laughs> Here's day some watch. But when we went to this one, they were pretty serious. Like they're like, hey, uh, we're gonna get you co-writes with these three, three phenomenal songwriters. Actually, four songwriters. Two of them were in the same session, uh, and then they were like, we're gonna have you meet with some one of the big wigs at BMI. Clay Bradley, he is the big wig in, in the Nashville BMI office. Clay Bradley. His son works for uh this well he did. He doesn't anymore. I think he's actually head of AR at a new company. I just saw it. His name's John Bradley. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I saw that too.
0: Actually. You know John you're
1: O? Right. Yeah, you're right. John's I don't know him personally, iceberg. But you're right. He's one of the most talented people in Nashville yeah. I've ever met. Like, he was creative director. And when I'm like, who is this guy, creative director? Like, <laughs> what is that? And then we he actually like shot a video for us and I'm like this dude his brain is functioning on different levels like yeah. this this guy just he he shoots music videos for like big artists on his iphone
3: yeah and insane.
1: he he was telling us this and i'm like laughing about it and he shows us it i'm like that looks like a fully produced music videos like yeah no we just had a party we invited 30 people i shot the video on my iphone and then i edited it on an app on my iphone and then we released it to youtube i'm like that sounds a lot harder than just like getting a nice video camera yeah. and yeah. running it through like Adobe or whatever. Yeah. But he's just insanely talented. Uh, and anyway, I'm getting off track. But
2: wait, I think we should mention though what his grandfather is the John Bradley. Yeah, his
1: his grandfather's the Owen Bradley.
2: Yeah. Oh, greatest oh, yeah, producer
1: so. in yeah. history.
2: I mean, he's the most. I got what you were going.
1: Yeah, I got what you were getting. That was
2: my that was my bad. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um but so Penny's like, Hey, uh we want you to write a song with these guys and like we wrote a song with Britt Taylor. Nice. Um and she was it was actually also with Ronnie Bowman. He writes a lot for Chris Stapleton, yeah. has a nice bluegrass career. Uh and then she's like, also we want you to write a song with my husband, Keith Gaddis. And I at the time I didn't know who Keith Gaddis was. Honestly, like, I'm ashamed to say it, but I didn't, I don't know how no one had ever exposed me. I didn't, I I didn't know who he was, but I immediately I'm like, okay, who is this guy? Like, who's her husband? And I look it up. I'm like, oh my goodness, this dude has produced and written on like every single album that like I've found inspirational ever. (laughs) I'm like, this is insane. And so we sat down and we wrote a song with him and it was just like, phenomenal i mean the dude sat down he was so smart i mean he just he's just spitting stuff out left and right and finn and i yeah. are just kind of like okay it work out yeah, pal. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah. super and so now we got the song we're actually going to record it with a friend of his adam odor and adam right. yeah. is also really a huge producer they produced a lot of stuff together when they were younger like they worked on some cross-canadian records together mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, we wrote the song and like literally a month later, I looked at my phone and it was a text from John, John Bradley, and I was like, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the gym, and I saw, oh, John Bradley texted me, and I was pumped up because like you know, John's one of those guys. Where like if he if he texts you something, you're like, okay, this is cool. I love John. Like yeah. John's awesome. He's got something cool to say, and I look at it, and he's like, hey, I don't know if you heard, but Keith Gaddis died in a tractor accident yesterday. Terrible. I was like i just like i just like sat down for like 20 minutes i'd only met the dude once and i was just like bro yeah. I, I, it's you, uh, it's just, tough
0: because that's you know that's tough. like that's a guy that you really looked up to even if you didn't know him prior to the right
1: I, I i only knew who he was for about a month and a half yeah but it's i tough. just understood the weight of what he did so well yeah. just just from learning about him in and, and meeting with him i mean when you're in when you're in a room with a brilliant person, it's it's just like their present, presence just overtakes you. And that's what he was like. And it was just like, you left and you're like, I want to write another song with that guy. Like, yeah. I want to go pick his brain for four hours. And yeah. his wife, Penny, she's one of the kindest people I've ever met. She's amazing. And they have kids. And it, I mean, it's just all, it's terrible. Like, dude was just horrible. out on the street with a yeah. tractor. It's like, you don't even believe that stuff like happens, but... Anyway, we got the song. Yeah. So we it
2: it will- felt, yeah, we did get we got the song, but afterward it felt like unreal a little bit because you're like yeah. I just saw you saw the guy last week, and you didn't really. I mean, you thought it was awesome to meet him; he was insane, uh, but you don't really feel the weight of it until we started. I at least I didn't feel the weight of really how important that right was and how important of a guy keith was until i started seeing his face everywhere you know on like the uh what what was the uh spotify playlist they put him on the texas gold or something like that that was really awesome um and you see you almost saw more stories about keith than you would see if it was like some superstar who, who died because keith meant so much to everyone in the industry every all the journalists and writers and players and producers he meant more to them than the superstars did because he did more for music than country music than even most of the superstars have done
0: yeah i I think that there's something to be said about listen like i like i started doing this only because i love songwriting I love music Mm -hmm. right and and so a big part of what brings me joy and happiness are the writers right like i you know, I know Tony Arata wrote a bunch of guard songs, right? Like, you know, I just met Neil Medley for the first time. who has got a couple of of big songs. And like, there, there's some, some songwriters that drive the industry. Keith is obviously one of those. Yeah. And, um, you they know, definitely. Yeah. And for, for people like you and I are, who love songwriting, those guys are really important. And yes, you're right. You know, it seemed like when all that happened, it seemed like there was, more appreciation for Keith than someone who was mega, mega famous. And that's because that there probably was right like the, you know, these are guys that that lie under the radar and they do great work and they don't want to be, you know, the coolest guy ever, even if they already are, you know what I mean? So he is the coolest guy. To exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I know exactly saying, like, like he, up, he, I
2: didn't
0: so so that's what I'm saying is like the I think the appreciation is important like yes and 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 for you guys to be able to be in that room and write that song and have that be so important at such a young age is vital to your career and your career going forward to be able to have those experiences, yeah. you know what I mean so um, it
1: it couldn't have been coincidence, like it all just I remember thinking afterward I'm like. So we just randomly get invited to write a song with one of the greatest producer, songwriter, band leader, artists. Like, yeah. He did everything to yeah. come out of Texas and he worked on all these albums that we were inspired by. And we sat down and we wrote a song that we were pumped about in an hour and a half. And then he dies a month later. Yeah, And you're like, like, I don't know why, but like, there's you you recognize the importance of what you got like yeah, i don't know yeah. why it was us that got i'm sure there are other unreleased keith gaddis songs out there but like i don't know why we were one of the people that got the one of the last songs from him you know yeah. like I, I don't know how many songs were written after we walked in i mean it was literally 3 weeks later yeah. there might have been 4 there could have been like 20 yeah. but but either I
2: don't way know it doesn't matter the, that doesn't, doesn't make matter. us like more important than anyone else no though. no, no not just, at all i i just the song it, it, like i've i
1: thought about this a lot like it, a part of me was like we should just release this right away and then i was like no you know like we should wait and it's like you know the song i feel like probably means less to us than it does to a lot of other people that knew or appreciated oh. keith
2: yeah but dude that I mean, we're gonna in the future we're gonna look back on that, even if it's not that much of a success. We're gonna look back and yeah. think that's the most important song that we ever wrote. Because, I agree with that. yeah, I, I think now it is the most important thing we've ever done as musicians, and no one even knows about it. But yeah. I yeah, think it, it, it would be okay if no one ever knew about it too. And
1: it, a, it, the world's just so full of coincidences. Like when we when we learned that Keith had passed, the first thing that I said was like. Look, if we're gonna release this song, we need to get a producer that knew Keith. Yeah. And like worked. and we looked around and we asked people and like we just couldn't figure out who was the guy. Like we just we didn't know. And so we got new management recently. And before she Danielle was her name before she was our our manager. She she's was great. like this guy Adam Adam O'Dor, and he's a great producer in Texas. And she's like. I'm going to connect you guys. I didn't know anything about Adam either. And I get on the phone with Adam and he's telling me all the stuff he's worked on. He worked on the Big Dixie Chicks album. He worked on Cross Canadian Ragweed. He's worked on everything. I'm like, Jason Boland. And I'm like, man, did you know Keith? And he's like, immediately started sending me pictures of him and Keith mm-hmm. Gaddis from like 2003. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Well, we got a Keith Gaddis song and you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I will. I will.
0: It's so funny. Cause I was actually, if you're, if you're listening now, in last week's episode, if you got a chance to listen to that conversation, we had a big conversation about Adam uh, because Neil, yeah. Neil Medley uh, was really close. With, he was close with Keith and, and he became friends with Keith and Neil put out his own project, his own his own record under him as an artist uh, towards the back end of 23. And there's a, there was a song on there with Keith, that uh, Keith is in the song. And it was one of those songs that, that, he didn't have for he did the song and wrote the song and recorded the song for the record there that wasn't like a year that that wow. song wasn't old it was a fairly new song so we had that whole wow. conversation and 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 I, I believe adam produced that album as well but adam came up in conversation so it's kind of it's kind of crazy that that we've talked about adam more in the last two weeks <laughs> than i've probably talked about in the last four years so um and, i mean that's wild, just but,
1: another one of those guys that like yeah. quietly incredibly influential also yeah. adam okay oh my oh my the nicest like okay yeah. i have i cannot tell you i was joking with danielle about this recently i'm like i don't know who's nicer reed Connolly or adam O'Dor. yeah and <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you she's like reed and, and adam met at like a concert or something and it was just hilarious like they loved each other just like the two nicest people you've ever met having a conversation so
3: yeah. reed awesome. was
1: the one it's such a weird world. Like Reed, I messaged him on Instagram like a year ago. I was like, Hey Reed. Um, I just wanted to like connect. And he's like, let's have a phone call. And so yeah. I called Reed. I'm like, we were going to this Zach Bryan concert the next night. And he's like, Oh, so he stuck around and he like took pictures with us and, you know, high five and whatever. Cool. And we've been talking to Reed ever since. And eventually I just asked him, I'm like, Hey, man, I want to book some shows in Pittsburgh. I know that's where you're from. You got any contacts? And he's like, I know this lady, Danielle, she's one of my best friends, and she's a promoter. And I got talking to Danielle, we did some shows with her. And she's like, I want you to like, come on my management. And so now we're signing a management deal with her. And she's already set up a bunch of really cool stuff in the future. She connected us with Adam. I mean, it's just like all of that had to work perfectly
0: it's crazy how, how this whole thing works, right? Like it, like, you know, you, you guys are, you guys are young guys, like, and it's crazy how fast life is moving, but also like at some point, I think it, it's important to sit back and just realize that there's a lot ahead and it's okay to slow down, right? Like, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, like you're still kids, right? But it's so cool that you get to do this thing that you guys love so much. And, and um you know, that you guys are so passionate about, I think it's awesome. How do you balance uh the life of being a student and being a 17 and 19 year old guys and, and also, you know, going and playing shows and being rock stars on the weekends and things like that. Like, how do you, how do you balance all that?
2: Well, um, for me,
0: it's like, I don't, I just go full speed ahead all the time.
2: I, for a while I did. Yeah. No last year as a, as a, as a sophomore in high school, when we first started playing, like every weekend, I was in uh, FFA, you know, student council. Even before that, I was in baseball, but I quit that. That would have been too crazy. FFA, student council. Uh, I was trying to get a National Honor Society. I was on quiz team. I was taking hard classes in school. Like, no Junior study halls. Board. Junior fair board. We, we raised hogs and ducks. Oh, that's fair. so cool! Can we
0: talk about that? That's awesome. Oh,
2: oh, hey, <laughs> hey, we'll get into that because that's that's a whole part of this this like crazy full speed ahead story. But you know, I'm living that high school life. You know, trying to go to basketball games and stuff, and I have no time for anything. But I also have enough time to sit and think about how I have no time for anything. And that <laughs> it's that that was how I eventually figured out. Like, ugh, I. <laughs> I've got to not do all this because I'm telling people no more than I'm telling. First I was telling people yes, more than I was telling them no. Well, and was then I, mess, would, like, triple, I would triple book <laughs> things, quadruple book things, but low gap was already always first priority. Of course. So I would cancel everything for a low gap show, but now everything switched and the summer between sophomore and junior year. I decided I got to make a change. So now I just, now I just tell people, no, I just tell people no all the time. I, I've quit baseball. I've, uh, I've kind of done a lot less in the FFA. I've done a lot less with fair and all that sorts of things. I've taken easier classes like low gap is number one. And I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to tell people. No, I just want people to, to, to think like that's Finn and Finn does music and if you ask him something be ready for him to tell you no because he's got low gap first sure. and it's not like no because we're playing big shows it's no because i have to practice with gus or yeah. no because i have to uh work on this mandolin part for a song but that's what i love doing and people know that i love that no one's bitter about it it's yeah. it's not something that i i don't think people think i'm like pretentious is that the word for or like i got a big sure. head or not some people yes. probably do but i try to not make myself seem like a wannabe rock star more just like a you a, are a rock. Worker. Yeah, you're not a wanna be rock <laughs> just, star.
0: You are a rock star. Come on, look at that hair, golly!
2: Come on, I mean, dude, look at you, dude. <laughs> let it flow. Let it flow. Yeah, let it rock. D- d- come on. <laughs> it is flowing. It's just these headphones. There's gonna be there's gonna be like an indentation of where these <laughs> headphones on? were sitting. <laughs> them. Oh, dude, you got the you got the flow going, Kyle. On the top yeah, I, I got some thick hair,
0: that. you know. See, you know, that's what I'm saying. I just you know let let her drop, you know. I've I've, I've had my oh, days. Yeah, I've had dude. long hair like you back in the day. I mean, I've done it all. You but, gotta you gotta cut it eventually, of course. You got it it just gets annoying in the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like what you is, got going there, get, Gus. Like I can't I
1: can't I, I really I really like I take off my hat. I mean I've got like the Dwight shoot part, it's hanging That's over me my Me too.
0: Eye. Look at that.
1: You <laughs> can't see it, but it's in, it's, it's in there. It's bad, it needs cut. I, I can't even like this is the first time I ever grew out my hair. And uh Listen, it was going well for a while. The ladies but,
0: love the long hair, keep it. Keep it long. I'm telling dude, you.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep it long, but it needs trimmed. I mean, like my bangs, dude. They are one day, my-
0: one day we're all going to be bald. And you're going to wish that we kept it long. So, dude, yeah. I don't know.
1: My grandfather, man. my pop, I have the exact same hair as him. And he is, I mean, he's an older man. Like he's in his seventies now yeah. and he has the same color hair that i do and it is thick and full and i'm like pff, i don't you're know good. how to do it, to but I, I mean it i got his hair so like i'm I am good my fingers
2: crossed
0: see my dad like, is all as hell oh my dad is what about your
2: hell. mom i think it comes from the my mom's uh,
0: got some pretty thick hair my and my grandfather who's like 92 he's got He's, I mean, obviously he—he's like lost his hair, obviously. In, yeah, but, but in his seventies, he had some pretty thick oh. hair. Oh, so yeah. I think I think I'm okay. So I think yeah, I'll be
1: alright. I've heard baldness skips generations. Like our
2: dad. I'm praying skips mine. Are you kidding? Yeah. Okay, Kyle. Your last name's Corbless, right? Yeah. Is that how you yeah. Say it? What? What is? Is? It's, are you Italian descent because you're from New Jersey? Or Yeah,
0: actually, I am.
2: Oh, so, okay. Yeah. All, um, right, all right. Yeah. But on the hair, are there any? Are there any bald Italian people? Not, not really that
0: I know. So here's the thing. So my, my dad's Irish. My mom's Italian. But so Whoa. this is actually funny. Oh, dude, yeah.
2: that's yeah. like it's <laughs> Right there. that's from the movies right there yeah so so (laughs)
0: how it goes is that my my mom's my 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 grandpa's dad was from italy and then he moved here and then had my grandpa and that's how that goes but my so so my mom's like pretty much 100 percent italian Mm -hmm. but my dad and we found this out like within the last couple of years and it's actually pretty wild so my dad's family is (laughs) irish but his family goes all the way back to like the Revolutionary War. Like they moved here, like somewhere in the, in the 17s. So oh, I'm wow. like pretty American.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm
0: pretty red, white, had, and blue. Like, the
1: the the sons of the Revolution or something. That's you know?
0: I'm no. That's really what it is. Seriously, like I like oh. we, we think it goes back pretty far. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everyone in my family is like relatively newly immigrated, as far as I know. Really. We had a friend. Canadian, my, yeah, I mean, like, we ended up in the coal camps of Eastern Kentucky on my nana's side. My pop's side's Albanian, and they're wow. new here. And my mother's side is uh, all Southern. I mean, a mixture of like French Canadian, Scotch Irish, German, like, but every, every ancestor I know of off the top of my head that's like a great, great grandfather, uh, they all were new. Pretty new. I
0: love it. I love
3: it. Yeah, uh, they didn't
2: contribute to the uh, American society like the Corblises did.
0: Apparently. we I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we're just not going to find that out. We're just going to return it. Don't
1: search that. Play the innocence. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: it, we don't need to know. All, all we know is that it's, it's America. That's it. That's, all, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's, all that's, all that's right. Yeah. Well, okay. You're in Jersey, so like.
2: I I think we should end this conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We don't know mobs. Like there's all that stuff.
0: You never know. Exactly. Hey, you guys, you guys ever watch the Sopranos? I don't know. That's, that's a little bit past Mm -hmm. probably.
3: Uh, A
1: little bit. Not much though. If you watch the Sopranos,
0: if you watch it, the, the area that Sopranos is, is mainly uh, based in is the County I live in. Oh, so, so like all of these areas that they go to and all this stuff is basically within like a 20 minute radius, which is like pretty cool. you can re-
2: do. You recognize the buildings from the show?
0: Like, so, so there's a couple of things that they that they visit that are, yeah, places that I've either been to or driven mm-hmm. past. Yeah, oh. it's 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 oh. pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So if you ever watch that, that's, there you go. That's, uh,
1: I, that's, I will, you know, now I'm uh, going to
2: have to watch it. I've been sure it's, it's, it's
0: a great
1: show. It's a great show. It's
2: actually fantastic. Yeah. So it's, so you guys know this conversation feels like how I try to balance my high school life with music. It's like, yeah. we have these really great conversations, these good times about. You know, all this other stuff. And then we try to keep – we try to do the music. we it back and in the music. Try to have a, yeah, and we'll get back. And then we – you know, that's how my life is. And I think it's it. the same for Gus. Is that I think that's for, great. Yeah. I Yeah. I, no, I enjoy no it. No one I, goes down a straight path.
0: No one goes down a straight path. You got to go off the path. Well, get back Some people pads. do.
1: I mean –
0: Yeah, but those people some, aren't fun.
2: Those people are they're, living they, in the matrix.
1: I, they're what I call the NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to say that in a derogatory way, but like when I got to Cincinnati, you know, you're surrounded by college kids, like I'd meet people and they're nice. Yeah. And they're they're kind, but you're just like, What do you do? I'm like yeah. what? do you have a hobby? And they're like, well, Oh I come just on, guess you. No, 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 no. These people exist like I swear. It's this weird paradigm where like you'll once or twice in your life you'll meet someone like this. And you'll, you'll never forget it because it's so strange where you just meet someone. You're like, so, like, what do you like to do? School? What do you do when you're not doing school? Uh, you know, I like watching this TV show. You know, Hanging do- out
0: with my friends?
2: Great. Uh,
1: you're like, what friends? Like, what do you guys do?
2: And know. interviewing me- country musicians, like, totally NPC thing right there. <laughs> no, it's, it's The biggest it's, NPC thing.
1: <laughs> I, okay, actually, the most NPC thing that I've found in college are the the hardest partiers are the least interesting people. Like this is something I found. No like, passion. Your your average just ridiculously clouded frat boy. That's an imp. That's that's no true. passion. Like all they see is yeah. It's just natural like well, what do you do on the weekends? Oh, I get drunk. What do you do when you get drunk? I have sex. And you're like, that's all you do. Right. Yeah, pretty much.
2: Like, but if you're a frat kid. guy who listens to country music, you're automatically not an NPC. Like, that's right. No, I, I will
1: say the coolest frat guys I've met are the ones that are like, oh, you do country music? And you're like, you not you are you're not like a normal person like you. And that's a good thing. Like You shouldn't be a normal it's person.
0: It's my entire life. People tell me I'm not a normal person. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come
1: on. <laughs> come oh, on yeah. you're jersey I mean, country at, boy look That's at right. all the like, successful yeah. people like you think elon musk was like normal in high school like dude no no no, no.
0: listen i, I mean he even
1: go to high school
0: probably not he probably like figured out a way he to, to hack out
1: right he dropped out of
0: college he, he probably figured out a way to 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 be the high school he didn't actually have to go he yeah. was <laughs> the. Yeah.
2: he built it he was the school. <laughs> he
0: was the school. <laughs> I love it. So um, you know, mentioning just uh looping back into music, that's exactly what we're gonna do right now. Um, uh, because okay. I wanna talk about yeah. I want to talk about the new song. And that's always how I like to to wrap up episodes and close out the back end of the episodes is we get all crazy in the middle and then towards the end we talk about you and, and then people are like, Oh man, they put out new music. Let's go listen to it and it usually works. So that's kinda how but, I uh, how I like to do it. So you just put out a new song.
1: To Eldora.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just put out a new song last week, right? That was last Friday? Or not? Mm-hmm. No, not this past Friday, it was-
1: Friday before that. Right? Wait, no, no, it was,
0: no, it was this Friday. Oh shit, you're right. It was. All right. 19. Yeah. yeah, it's been Wait. out
1: less than a week, brand new.
0: And if you're listening right now, it's been out two weeks. Yeah. So, Eldora, let's talk about it. I think it's great. Um I love that you guys were mentioning guys like Stevie Ray Vaughan and we were talking about the band and all these guys that are, that are a little more rock heavy because that's exactly what the song is. And, and oh yeah, I, I think that that's really cool because you have a song like Mockingbird that's definitely a little bit more on the countryside where like, I love like feeling goodbye. I think that's a great song too. So like, but this is totally different than that. And I think that's really cool that you guys are versatile like that. So talk about the song and uh, kind of how it came to be.
1: Well, okay. That's a great, great question. So to loop into the versatility thing that was partially the goal for this song was like, cool. we had a conversation. I told you we had a conversation with Clay Bradley. Yeah. Um, I think I'm allowed to say that, but, and you know, one of the things he told us and he literally said, he's like, look, you guys totally could be the next old crow medicine show. Cool. And you know, it's fine. You'd have a good career. You would do well. You could be the next old crow. Which was honestly a nice thing to say, he said, but I don't think that's what you want to be. He's like, you need to to expand because you don't want to get looped in the box of being the next guy that does this. He's like, you need to play that electric guitar more. You need to do some rock. You need to expand in whatever way you want. And I, and I totally agreed. I was like, this is because that's kind of when Finn had started working electric into the sets and we had been playing around with some rockier stuff, we had just started playing with the full band every once in a while. And so um, I started kind of focusing on that, like, okay, we, you know, then so one of the next songs we puts out, it, it needs to be different. Um, and uh, just, just have a tangent, we, we actually we we had one guy who – really nice dude. He's actually really smart, but, like, we had he, – he, he runs a record label. So we've clearly got, like, a di- – we had a different vision. And one of the things he told us, he's like, I think you guys could be the next Old Crow <laughs>
2: after this. And I was like, you know, like – It was more it, like you guys should be the next Old Crow. Yeah, like, it was more like – He wanted a, us it, like, to kind of go and, and, and yeah, be – the
1: i think that thing. was that was like a wake-up call for me where it was like this guy who is smart and has done well and is in this industry who i'm a i am I actually appreciate you know he's thinking about working with us and he thinks we should be the next old crow medicine show and i'm like i don't want to be the next old crow medicine show i love old crow medicine show but that's not what i want for my career you know i i want people to like look at low gap and be the next low gap i don't want yeah. someone just Hey, you know, they're kind of like turnpike. They're kind of, you know, I want to like have our own thing. And yeah. so that kind of like lit a little fire under me a little bit. And I was like, okay, you know, we need to, we need to fix some stuff up. And so I had, a would written Eldora because my dad and I were really big into racing. And uh, it was actually inspired by, I don't know if you've heard Tyler Halverson's song, Beer Garden Baby yeah but you know it's all about the rodeo and i was but it was kind of from like it it was kind of from a more relatable experience which is Mm -hmm. why i think the song is so good because he's actually it's about a rodeo but he's just the guy that's playing in the beer gardens sure and he's just kind of like there with all the cowboys but he's not like them and i kind of wanted to not necessarily steal but i drew the inspiration of like well let's write a song about racing but it's you know there's been songs about racing but they're always about winning and like I want to write this song about kind of just like being good enough to like get the attention of this random girl you know who like is clearly not that interested but like hey you know I'll have enough money to take you out for a night which is very similar to the premises of beer garden baby um and so I wrote that song, but I wrote it rather slow. It was a slower, swingy song. Like it was like five minutes long when we did it. Like it was long and I showed it to Finn and dad. And, uh, you know, we were eventually like, we need to do this fast. We need to add electric. And so we did that. We changed it up completely. And, you know, to be honest, I was not sure about it. And so we went and recorded it with one guy and we're like, we're going to have this out in July. We got the files back and he's a good producer, like he is, he's just not a very country producer. And I got it back. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, He he...
2: was like, he he does a lot of Christian contemporary and I just rock. He never really. Yeah. He never really done country. So I think it was kind of just tough for him.
1: No. And he's good. Like he, he, I think, I think, and I think it's actually largely our fault. We didn't give him a clear enough vig-
2: vision for what we yeah, wanted. Yeah, my my fault, in, in specific, <laughs> I want a little like '90s sitcom theme on all the guitar parts. Nah, Finn, Finn did some weird <laughs> stuff on that one. I don't lie,
1: <laughs> but I I I don't know. I I should have. I had a bad feeling about it while we were recording it. And I was, I was kind of passive aggressive about it. Like, Oh, we should do this. And I should have just been like, everybody needs to stop. Like, this is not what we're going. So it was more our fault. We didn't tell him what we wanted, but uh, anyway, we're like, crap, we got to re record this whole thing. And so, um, I didn't want to go back to the same guy and just be like, yeah, it kind of sucks. So we're going to redo it. I, I just felt bad. And so, and plus, I wanted access to a greater array of instruments. So we ended yeah. up, I actually uh, hit up Tyler Halverson and I cool. was like, man, you know, who do you use as your producer? Because I love his stuff. I think he's phenomenal. And he's like, oh, we use this guy, Ryan Yeoman. And uh, he's also Muscadine's producer. Yeah. So we went and we did this one, another end of a heartbreak with Ryan. Cool. Uh, and oh, it was phenomenal. Like when we walked out of there, I'm like, that's what we're looking for. And we spent months going back and forth we would send him tracks of finn doing stuff on the guitar to add in like it was a long long process when it was all said and done to think we started recording this song in like june and it just got released but that's sometimes what it takes and it i have gotten nothing but positive feedback on it so it's great really
0: i mean it's it's fantastic it really is and uh, i think it's really important that you guys were able to speak up and say you know what this is not what i'm looking for like this is not who i want us to be I want to well, this. and
1: that's just that's kind of you know we've learned lessons. Like I think our first that album we put out, the first album, yeah. You know, looking back, there are some songs that we we're going to redo. Like Monsters sure. is going to get a redo for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you know, it's, I
0: think it's great. Like that happens, right? But it's yeah, also important you know, we that like young, you learn the lesson.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were young. We didn't know what we wanted, and I go back and I'm like, we should have done this differently. You know and again it's it's not like it's the producer's fault we just we were young we didn't know what we wanted we didn't know what we were going for and you know now we've learned a lot and so now i you know we're going to be recording this weekend we already know exactly what we're doing when we walk in there and of course the producer is going to have his input and we're going to you know throw ideas back at each other but like we know what we're looking for and whereas it used to be we expected the producer to just tell us where to go and a great producer will do that but uh, you know, sometimes those visions are misaligned. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, we've learned that lesson now two different times, and it's actually helped us in the long run. And yeah. so now when we go redo Monsters, which is our lowest streaming song, but I actually think one of my better written songs, you know, we're, we're going to know what to do. Cool. Um, and We might redo a couple other songs on that album even uh, just... Cool. You live and you learn, and I'm I'm happy with where this Eldora thing is going. I I really feel like we've now got a vision of what our future looks like, and it's not all going to be rock, but it's not all going to be mockingbird. Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be whatever we feel like doing. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and what I think is really cool is like is one right like like you have so much room. There's so much room for growth, and there's so much room for you both to learn uh, together and separate. But
1: nice about being young
0: exactly mm. but what i think is really cool is that you know like i mentioned before like your instagram bio says like music for your friends that say they hate country music like what is cool is that like you can show someone this song and be like hey these are my buddies from low gap like take a listen i could be like wow that rocks but then they might listen to mockingbird and be like eh, it's not for me but this one rocks right like it's cool you can do both and that you can uh, open up to a greater audience because that's what you want
1: yeah no and that's our idea is like we don't we're not looking to be Morgan Wallen and we're not looking to be Zach Bryan and we're not looking you to want be, be Tyler. You. Yeah. And I, you know, I, one of the great things about country music is that it is, it's so smart. And yeah. I think that once you really learn how to analyze the lyrics and understand the musicality behind it, that the, yeah. look, people are going to call me stupid because country music is known as being three chords and the truth or whatever, but any good guitarist will tell you that country is one of the hardest genres to play. Like Brett Mason Ugh. is one Ugh. of the
3: guitarists all time.
1: and I see it all the time. I, I, there's this guy on YouTube that uploads these videos of this specific style of country playing called chicken picking, and you'll see through the comments there'll be like thirty comments. I'm a metal player, and I think this is ridiculously hard uh it, it, musicality behind country music is otherworldly the steel guitar is yeah. the hardest instrument to play in a, like so out much of any, going on yeah it's it's insane you literally use your feet and your knees and your hands yeah. simultaneously to make noise like, it, i can't even i
0: can't even chew gum and walk in a straight line let alone exactly it's line. like
1: if, <laughs> if i'm chewing gum and having a conversation my dad's like spit that out you look like a ding like so, no, I mean, country, if you really learn to appreciate it, yeah. I think you find it phenomenal. And that's why I don't have a problem with doing a rockier song with sure. a little less country because I feel like someone might listen to that song and love it. And they might not like Mockingbird, but Mockingbird's a good place to start, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to sound like a, like a douchebag, but I feel like Mockingbird and maybe Eldora too, like, those are hard songs to really dislike. You might yeah. not love them. No, it is.
0: It's true. It's true, though. But
1: they're catchy songs. They're catchy. Yeah. And and so my my hope is that we can, like truly, when we say show making country music, you can show your friends that hate country. We're not saying we're going to make Morgan Wallen stuff. We're not saying we're going to make pop stuff. We're saying we're going to make country music that is relatable and that yeah. anyone can get. And we're going to have stuff like Other End of a Heartbreak that's going to make you go like, oh, you know, that's way too, like, sad and slow or feeling goodbye that's just like, you know, straight up country. But we're also going to have stuff like Mockingbird that's sort of folky and bluegrassy and sort of more on the Mumford and Sons end of the spectrum. We're going to have stuff like Eldora that's closer to, you know, mainstream country. And I think that's a great way to bridge the gap, personally.
0: Yeah i agree i think that you're you hit the nail on the head you want to be versatile and you want to be able to uh mm-hmm. obtain other audiences and other people who may not have been experienced that before and been open to that before finn do you do you agree do you agree on all that because you made a noise when you were talking about how hard it is to play country music and you did the whole <sighs> <"Ugh."> uh.
2: <laughs> yeah no i was agreeing yeah uh I think he was. I don't food. even play. I I play electric guitar, but I'm I'm like more of a blues player because uh, yeah. country guitar is so hard. It is. It's like jazz. I mean, yeah. people are gonna hate me saying that, but oh. it's 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 more theory than it is just improvisation. And like, trying to play like bluegrass too. That's the other thing, right? Like that's just oh. that's a whole other animal. It's like punk. It's like yeah. country's punk. If country is you know like this tempo, bluegrass is twice as fast. Yeah, and. Uh, I-
0: I think you're 100% correct. My friend, my buddy, Ethan Phillips, I don't know if you know who that is, but, but he's I a like I've heard that name. Yeah, he's an That's insane good. guitar player. He makes everything look so easy. And I, I recommend you, you, he's not going to ever give himself credit, but he is such an insane guitar player. And he likes bluegrass and he likes country music and he makes everything sound so easy. He's very um, calming uh, in the way he plays. He's not like super loud or he doesn't do anything mm-hmm. crazy, but he's so good. And you were mentioning, one of you were mentioning how, sometimes it's more impressive to see how a person strums than what they're doing on the neck of the guitar. That's mm-hmm. an example of that, the way, yeah, okay. the way he yeah. finger picks
1: and strums and uh, it's insane. So, yeah. Well, and I, just a note, like, oh,
2: I'm going to look, sorry, I guess, don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to, his name is Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips. Yeah.
0: I think his Instagram okay. is Ethan Phillips. picks up. or something along those lines. Look him yeah. up. Send, send it to oh, me,
2: Finn.
1: Yeah. Um, but I was going to say, we, we, Finn and I, this is part of our story. We've gone through so many bands. It's yeah. not even, and I will tell you the drummer we've got right now, jazz guy, jazz guy. And let great. me tell you, I've seen maybe the only drummer I've seen very, very few drummers that are as good as him. Yeah. And he's not even a drummer. He's actually predominantly a guitarist on his own. He's a great guitarist too. Yeah. But like the the only drummer I can think of off the top of my head that I've seen live that rivals him would be Mike and the Moonpies drummer, who is wow. when out of this world, that guy is, I think he's probably one of the best drummers walking around on the Free planet. Band. Yeah. Our guy Zach. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'll toot his. He's good. Like he is a force. He is a force to be reckoned Tooting with. Zach's
0: horn. Gotta do yeah, it. Yeah. And because it. he's a
1: jazz guy. We've gone through metal drummers, we've gone through rock drummers and they just couldn't do country. Because country timing is weirder than you would expect. Yeah. And yeah. you have to know how to play soft, and you have to know how to play loud, and you've got to be able to do it all. And even bass. Like, our bassist, Ben, Ben's really good. You know, a lot of bassists, they want to they wanna play uh, ACDC stuff. Yeah.
3: And they want to yeah. be loud
1: and heavy all the time. <laughs> you got to find a guy who's able to just sit in the background and not do a solo. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, yeah, uh, yeah, right. and just stand over there and play the bass and do it well. And it needs to sound phenomenal, but no one can know it's that phenomenal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and they have to look good doing it. Our base base player, he looks great doing it. It That's that's, that's half a battle,
0: right? You just got to look good doing it. That's it. (laughs) I love it. Guys. Thanks so much for coming to hang with me and talking about your story and just having a good time. You guys are, uh, like I said, you guys are young, but you guys are mature beyond your years. Uh, I was not doing anything that the two of you were doing at either of your ages. And, uh, I think that you are both fantastic and your future is so bright and your music. So fantastic. So, uh, just keep it up guys. Keep it up. Keep up the hard work and, uh, keep grinding, keep grinding.
1: Dude. Appreciate it. I love, I love the podcast, by the way. I, I listened to your William Beckman episode yesterday. I love him. Great guy. I'm impressed dude. you got Adam Hood, William Vagnon I think yeah. I saw Jim Parker like dude. Those guys are yeah. great. Those guys
0: Yeah. Are phenomenal. So, there's uh there's been some you. hammers over keep the years, yeah. Yeah, there's there, there's been a there's been a bunch. It's all uh it's all about just persistence and I am the king of persistence and that can be annoying but I
2: keep it Well, up, so. dude, I'm well, telling that, you that, that I think that's how we've kind of done, you know, gotten where we and are. And it's as yeah. you
0: should, trust me.
2: It's it as works. you
1: should. Yeah. Dude, and and I mean like, I can't wait to see what's in the future for you. Like, you need to move to Nashville and start you're doing me.
0: Things. You're telling yeah. me. You're
1: telling you me. Go do the Grady Smith thing, you know. Like, Grady Smith, I love that guy. But there's only yeah. one guy on YouTube doing what Grady Smith does. That's right. That's right. And that's,
0: that's Grady right. Smith. Grady's, Grady's a great oh. guy. Uh, there's so many really roles to fill
1: in, in yeah. country media. And I think you're on the right track, dude. And I'm I'm excited. I love it. I, I love it, it. it. a young guy that, like, gets it because yeah. I want there to be more people that get it Yeah. You know, it's so funny i was
0: uh i was told the other day that that it's refreshing that i'm the guy who's not in nashville but i uh know a lot about the industry and i'm like not i appreciate that. being the outsider but i'd really like to be the insider
1: so yeah. um, so dude all you got i'm telling you or maybe not even nashville maybe you're an austin guy like maybe yeah, texas yeah. I don't know. I'm
0: somewhere. I'm somewhere that's not New
1: Jersey. I'll tell you that. That's yeah, dude. That. You, Vermont, <laughs> I'm serious. I, I Go think you start, you start doing this in person, putting out some YouTube videos, like oh man, you, you're you gonna blow up. You you've uh, got it. I appreciate, you got that. It. You got I appreciate
0: it. that. Hey guys, keep on going, keep on grinding. Uh I'm looking forward to what 2024 has to bring for you and all the new music and all the content and all that good stuff, all the shows and, and, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, everybody can go follow uh, the guys on Instagram at uh, low on the shore gap and um, go to their website. Uh, it's lowgap.band, right? Dot com. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, no, it's just dot band dot com was taken. I don't know by who. Dot
0: band it's is so- even cooler. I'll take it. Yeah, That's
1: I was perfect. like, I didn't even know it existed. I just That's tried sweet. it. <laughs> so it's
0: logat.band. There's there's the uh shows announcements are on there and, and all that stuff, right? So they can go find you there as well and find out where you're gonna be and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. um we what are your individual lot. Instagrams?
1: What oh mine what is mean? Gus Johnson guitar. Oh, Gus Johnson word.
0: guitar. Finn, he's got a look, he doesn't even know what his is. Like yeah, I'm
2: pretty sure it's just
1: I'm pretty sure uh, Finn's uh thumbnail oh, even it's, uh, it's, it's it's what did you say, Gus? The thumbnail is you eating a fudge round.
2: Yeah, it is. It's because of – what's his (laughs) face? Oliver Anthony. (laughs) It's it's Phineas underscore 43 Johnson. 43 being Richard Petty's number. That's awesome. That's it. Fantastic.
0: Uh, Go follow them. Go follow them on all the socials. Uh, Share the music. Uh, Eldora is out now you can share it with your friends and and do all that good stuff and uh, thanks for tuning in everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast remember to rate, subscribe give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at rcm underscore podcast new episodes come out every Friday 11 a.m. Eastern at 10 a.m. Central whenever you listen to pods Apple Podcasts Spotify iHeartRadio it's there share it with your buddies share it with your grandma share it with your parents share it with everyone Uh, and thanks for tuning in I'm Kyle that's Logan we'll see you next week peace out hey
2: thank you Kyle